Hello out there in podcast land. Welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry, where we look at the Word of God through the lens of caregiving. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 102, and I'll be reading from the New American Standard Bible. Hear my prayer, Lord, and let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me on the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me on the day when I call. Answer me quickly, for my days have ended in smoke, and my bones have been scorched like a hearth. My heart has been struck like grass and has withered. Indeed, I forget to eat my bread. Because of the loudness of my groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. I resemble a pelican of the wilderness. I have become like an owl of the ruins. I lie awake. I have become like a solitary bird on a housetop. My enemies have taunted me all day long. Those who deride me have used my name as a curse. For I have eaten ashes like bread and mixed my drink with Whitby. Because of your indignation and your wrath, you have lifted me up and thrown me away. My days are like a lengthened shadow and I wither away like grass. But you, Lord, remain forever and your name remains to all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion for it is time to be gracious to her for the appointed time has come. Surely your servants take pleasure in her stones and feel pity for her dust. So the nations will fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth your glory. For the Lord has built up Zion. He has appeared in his glory. He has turned his attention to the prayer of the destitute and has not despised their prayer. This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For he looked down from his holy height from heaven, the Lord looked upon the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to set free those who are doomed to death so that people may tell of the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the peoples are gathered together and the kingdoms to serve the Lord, he has broken my strength in the way. He has shortened my days. I say, my God, do not take me away in the middle of my days. Your years are throughout all generations. In time of old, you found, founded the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Even they will perish, but you you endure. All of them will, will wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. The children of your servants will continue, and their descendants will be established before you. A little lengthy, but good. This psalm is written by an unknown person, but it says it's a man who is under affliction. And we can hear that in his voice, can we not? In the words that I read, he has been suffering. And although we do not know what he was suffering, the important part is that he knew to go to God. In this psalm, he uses very expressive language to paint a very clear picture of his pain for us. Notice how in verse 2 he begs God not to hide his face from him, which we've covered before. It in essence means, you know, God's ignoring him. 
In this case, he's ignoring the man. God has turned his attention to someone else. And the man is saying, no, look at me. Give me your attention. Then he paints the picture of scorched earth, that his flesh clings to his bones, that he no longer has an appetite and he cries in his drink. This all shows us, through his words, a desperate man. And perhaps it's done to bring a little pity to the reader. He enlists sympathy from God and us. Next, he turns his attention to blaming God in verse 10. He says, because of your indignation and your wrath. What do you think about that verse? Is it God's fault that the man is suffering? Is that an accurate statement? Well, it could be that the man is suffering because of something that he did. You know, he's now reaping the consequences. Yet, since we know that there isn't anything that occurs that God isn't aware of, is it possible that God shares some of the blame? I think we've discussed this before, how there is God's ordained will and his permissive will. Ordained will means that God has orchestrated the entire event and he is directly involved, as in David being chosen for king, Mary being the mother of Jesus, Jesus coming, the picking of the 12 disciples. Permissive will is where, although God is aware, he allows the event to unfold without his direct intervention. Examples of this are, you know, the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt. Even though he told this to Abraham many years ago, Judas portraying Jesus, my mother having Alzheimer's. It is the permissive will that we struggle with. Why would God allow this? You fill in the blank. Often we don't receive an answer or the answer isn't to our satisfaction. This returns to being comfortable, and we discussed it in a previous episode, being comfortable with not getting the response to why. Why, God, why? Is God to blame under these circumstances, this circumstance that this man is very destitute about? I think God's heart breaks as he sees our lack of compassion toward each other our greed, our hate, our fear, which all drive us to do some pretty awful things to ourselves and others. Yet he doesn't intervene at times, or it appears as if he's turned his attention elsewhere. But that is not the case. God not directly acting in an event does not mean that he will not work tomorrow or the day after and intervene that his allowing of what happens today is because he knows that he will act tomorrow this is why we must not forget that God has a plan that will come to fruition to not get so discouraged that we give up on God ourselves and others you know this is why all things work together for our good because ultimately God will enact his ordained will in our lives, righting the wrongs. 
This is why we don't grow weary in well-doing, but continue to fight the good fight. And this ties in with verse verse, um, 18, which tells us that this psalm was written for us. Verse 18 says, This will be written for the generations to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. We are the generation to come. We are those people who now praise God so that we then understand why, maybe perhaps why, the man was suffering and why God allow him, allowed him to go through what he went through so that he would write this psalm and that we could now read and better understand our limit through this man's limit. You think? You and I are partly the reason for the suffering of the man to help us through our grief. And guess what? Your suffering, my suffering, will help others. This is, in essence, how we bear each other's burdens because we've been through where the other person is going through. It helps them, it helps us carry their load because our load was carried by someone else as well. It's about relationship and our interaction with each other. And I think this is why the man ends the psalm with the acknowledgement that God is the same, that he does not change, and that those who serve him will continue to witness God's ordained will. Today, my dear caregiver, you may be grieving and feeling as though you are on the scorched earth and your tears stream down your face in your coffee and you ask why. But if not you, then who? He's using you as his child. God is using your loved one. And I understand that you think that you didn't sign up for this, but you did. We all did when we accepted Christ. In doing so, we surrendered our lives to him, to both his ordained and permissive will. God is using your season of caregiving in some way. And I encourage you to look for the good and get closer to God, to not hide from him because he is not hiding from you. To be courageous enough to just trust God through this season. We thank this poor man who went through this affliction, who teaches us that the first thing that we ought to do is go to God and then trust him in his timing. Let's pray. We thank you, dear Lord, for always thinking of us and thinking of us to the point that you use others to help us through our seasons. As you used me to help those who are listening through their season, you will use them to help others. That is how we build community and how we bear each other's burdens. Thank you for allowing us the opportunity, though, to lament, to tell you that it's hard and that we struggle and to cry out and to bear all of the emotions that we read in this psalm, that that's okay and it is nothing for us to be embarrassed about. But that when it's all over and we share our emotions and our feelings with you, that we do as this man did, 
that we end knowing that you are still in charge and that you do not change and that your love for us is unwavering. And then we get up and we continue to trust you as we put one foot in front of the other. Thank you, Father, for being a God of purpose. Thank you, God, for being a God who has a purpose for each and every one of us. I ask that you take care of the listeners this day. Whisper how much you love them in their ear and give them the strength and the courage to make it through this day. This we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. All right, my podcast family, go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.